This is Radio Maria England, and this is Women Together. This is our program today. I'm Helena and I'm going to be leading us today in our Women Together program. Our program has had many guests. We've had social workers on. We've had writers. We've had artists. We've had theatre folks. We've had a plethora of different women and some men as well that have really shown how through the Holy Spirit, through the scriptures through their talents and their vocations they have been able to make the world a holy place again through the holy spirit and the work of god ah in psalm 46 it says god is within her she will not fall Ooh, there you go there you go and in proverbs we have the wise woman builds her house But with her hands, the foolish one tears hers down. So today we are going to be speaking to Jacqueline Clovis, who's going to be speaking to us a bit about how let's get rid of those foolish hands and build strong homes, strong parishes, strong communities together. But let's first, before we before we introduce our guest, let's first start, which Every program has a good start if it has a prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, teach us how to pray. Come, Holy Spirit, guide Jacqueline and my words to help us touch and inspire our listeners today. Come, Holy Spirit, to our listeners so that they may be encouraged to call to share their thoughts, their reflections, or their questions. Come, Holy Spirit, open the hearts and ears of those listening so that what you'd like for them to take away, the encouragement they need, can be sown into their hearts and so that they can act on those encouragements tomorrow and the next days to come. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, listeners, Jacqueline Clovis is our guest today. Hello, Jacqueline. You're on air with us here at Radio Maria. Hi, I'm so happy to be here today. (laughs) Oh, I am so happy. Jacqueline, I saw, uh, it was a few weeks ago, that you were going to be speaking at St. Bede's Parish in Clapham Park. We are big fans of Father Marcus here at at Radio Maria. And I thought, oh, I need her on my radio. And the the title was uh, something about thinking like a young Catholic and finding purpose. And I thought, I need purpose. Jacqueline, come talk to us. And thank the Lord you answered our prayers. And here you are today. Oh, 
<laughs> Let's start off. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, Jacqueline? I, I hear you are a wellness life coach, and I'm still, I'm a little bit, I'm not so sure what that means. <laughs> yeah, so um, basically, um, I come from a family, a large family, family of 12 children. Um, I've, all, I've been Catholic all my life, um, but there are different stages of my life where I have, like, come to know the faith and gone deeper in the faith. And especially from when I was 16, um, we, I went to an Opus Dei uh, secondary school. And so um, they taught us about, you know, virtues. It was a big thing. We always had virtue of the month and we had mass and we had, you know, we had the sacraments as well, which was really good. And um, for me, just being, just um, speaking with the priest, and even some priests that came to visit my family just gets it, just helped me a lot with my faith. And then when I went to university, I studied psychology, and um, I was exposed to so many theories. And I was just like, "Oh wow, this is interesting. This is interesting. You know, oh, this is why we do what we do. You know, different types of experiments. Experiments talking about conformity, nature versus nurture." Um, all sorts of topics came up. And so for me, I was just trying to like understand more about the human mind and motivation. And that's actually where the whole, the whole thing of being interested in the mind and how we work started up. And then after that, I started reading about like mental health. And when I was reading about mental health, I was seeing a lot of things like, um, you know, for you to be mentally healthy, you should be able to forgive forgiveness as healing the healing power of forgiveness and um being able to wish other people well and that really made me feel and i was just thinking about it and saying wow this is this sounds like what the catholic church teaches us you know to forgive to wish other people well to be kind there's a lot of talk of acts of kindness now online and um i was just like, oh these were our faith teachers so for me i i could that was the first time i saw that um that mental health and uh, you know the practice of the faith can come together psychology and the catholic faith can work together you know um and then after that um for a long time now i've worked in early years education as well um in different capacities i've worked as a deputy manager worked as a room leader a nursery practitioner and just really seeing like how everything works together you know and how the mother's mental you know, the child's um, mental health as well, and just seeing the power of the parent and positive parenting on children, and just seeing how everything works together. So um, that made me, and also I'm very passionate about motivation as well, <laughs> motivational psychology, just trying to encourage people to do what is right, to, to, to do good. And so that kind of made me um, go into mindset coaching. So, so what I do is um, Catholic Mindset Coaching, which is um, trying to help, you know, young Catholics or even any Catholic really um, to have a positive and growth mindset. I focus on um, helping people to work on their thoughts, you know, um, to manage their emotions, um, help people to see the value of gaining virtue because um, to gain virtue, you need to practice. Like it comes with a lot of, you know, working on yourself. 
And um, I also look at education, the power of education. Um, I also look at well-being from a holistic point of view. I feel like because we are mind, body, and soul, we need to be concerned about the well-being of our soul, the well-being of our mind, and the well-being of our body. You know, so I'm I'm very like you know passionate about you know um, mental health and how if you grow in your spiritual life, that can actually help you in your mental health. And also if you have good, healthy health habits or your physical health, that can also help you in your mental health. The way I see it is like the mind is in between. Well-being of your soul and your body can actually help your mind to be healthy. And also positive thoughts and, you know, purpose, having a strong purpose. And I'm, I'm, I'm influenced a lot by St. Thomas Aquinas where he says, like, um, for man to be happy, like, we always have to have an end in mind. And so that's where purpose comes in. You always have to have purpose, meaning. And um, also he talks about, like, our full, our complete happiness is in the contemplation of truth. When we are in the presence of God, we are going to find our complete happiness, which he calls beatitude. But on earth, we can experience, you know, a kind of, you know, some kind of happiness which is felicitous, you know. So I'm just, my, my main purpose now is to help a lot of people at least experience that felicitous, you know, through having a positive and growth mindset, you know. Being able to enjoy the, 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 the beauty around them, being able to appreciate where they are while they are working towards where they want to be. So, yes, that's really what I'm about. Um, I also feel like... Um, I was inspired by um, this sermon by Bishop Fulton Sheen, where he spoke about, um, you know, when we are not able to enjoy the, you know, some of the beautiful things around us, the good things around us, we are almost like deaf people, an orchestra, where there's so much beauty, there's so much beautiful music, but you can't listen. And so I want to help a lot of people just see that the positive side, appreciate you know, what there is to appreciate, be, be grateful, practice gratitude, and all these things have been proven to help, you know, improve mental health as well. So, I'm just, um, so in many of all the research I've seen, like in psychology, I've just seen like when it comes to happiness, many things they're saying are already done in the, in the Catholic Church. And so, it's like making, helping Catholics really see that, you know, this can work together. And that's why um, Louis Pasteur says that. You know, when you, a little bit of science can make someone, you know, lose their faith, but a lot of science can make you, a lot of science makes you love God. Because when you go, when you really study the mind, you would realize that it was designed by an, like an intelligent being, you know, the way it works, the way different things affect it, the way you see how different people react. It's just amazing. Like the mind is such an amazing place. And, well, the more I've studied it, the more I've come to appreciate faith and you know the, how the faith wants us to deal with the mind. I love it. I love it all. And I want to dig a bit, a bit deeper into this mindset and this uh, about this uh, this this growth mindset for as well. So let's just hold on. Uh, we're going to have just a short music break and then listeners, we will be back to hear some more 
from Jacqueline. So hold on. Here we go. Let's have a short little music break. This is Radio Maria and this is Women Together. Today I have Jacqueline Clovis with us and I'm talking to her all about growth, positive growth mindset, as well as uh, how the Catholic Church is already helping out young people with uh, positive attitudes and moving about. She's also shared with us about how her learning in secondary school and psychology has also helped her really bring the two together. And she's said that lots of science has helped her really love and see God working in the mind. All right. uh, We've got Jacqueline here. Jacqueline, can you hear us? Yes, I can. There you go. There you go. Jacqueline, you kept saying positive and a positive growth mindset. What do you mean by that positive growth? So I've got a mindset, but how can I make it positive and how can I grow it? Yes. So when I think of positive mindsets, I remember um, where St. Paul talks about 
and whatever is good, whatever is beautiful, whatever is of good virtue, we should think of those things. So basically, constantly filling the mind with beauty, virtuous thoughts, prayerful thoughts, you know, seeing the good in other people, um, just seeing the beauty in the surrounding, you know, really focusing on those things, you know. Um, that's what I mean by positive mindset, you know, having a strong faith. And it's interesting because a lot of secular motivational speakers always talk about faith as an important factor to really like, you know, motivate yourself, make yourself do something that you find very difficult. So when I th think about it, I'm like, wow, faith, like in our, in our church, we're not talking about faith in the universe or, you know, in all these other elements. We're talking about faith in, you know, God, an infinite being, an intelligent being, a loving being, you know. And to me, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And just just thinking about like times where it's just that faith where you can't even explain what's going to, you can't even explain your situation, what's going to happen next. All you know is that you, you just put your trust and your faith in God. And I feel that that is a big thing that has helped me in my own personal life. Um, so that's what I will say is that positive mindset, you know. And um, there are some quotes that I've seen that say, like, be happy where you are while you're working to where you want to be, you know. So that's that's like another thing showing that you know positive mindset and then the growth is about like um always trying to improve yourself you know in different areas of your life trying to improve your spiritual life trying to improve your your social life trying to improve your you know your your skills and working on your skills and talents growing in virtue so always having like an area of your life that you're trying to improve on Never just feeling like, oh, it's, it's finished. I don't have anything to work on because there's always something to work on. So that's what I mean by growth. So how, so let's look at that. Let's, let's look down to the practical practicalities. So we're going to, it sounds like what we're going to do is we're going to have some kind of goal and we're going to fill our lives with beautiful things and we're going to try to reach that goal. How, what does that have to do with church? I mean, I can go and have a goal to run a half marathon or something, and I'm going to surround myself with lots of uh, pictures of uh, beautiful runners and stuff. But what in, in church, what do our goals have to do? What can the scriptures do to help us with reaching towards our goals? Yeah, so basically it's our ultimate goal being heaven in church and just knowing that our ultimate goal is to be with God now gives us a very strong purpose. So our purpose pushes us, pulls us forward. And the stronger your purpose is, the stronger the pull. So for us, we have this um, amazing, we know that God is there. He's loving. He, 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 he's sending me his graces, you know. And that really pulls us through hard times. And that really pulls us to want to do good. And that really pulls us to persevere, you know. And um, I, have, I can give you a scenario now or something that happened to me. Like when I came into the UK and um, I, I used to, I was living in Nigeria. 
and I came into the UK and I realized that oh, it goes dark at 4 p.m. And I was just like, how can it be dark at 4 p.m.? It's already dark. It's cold. I don't feel like doing anything. I just felt so drained like from it just being dark and cold. But um, I had this um, I had this thing where I would like go for evening mass. And so on this particular day, I was just feeling drained and down. But I said, oh, I, I should go to mass. Even if I know that I don't really want to go out, I want to go to mass. And so that purpose for me was strong enough to make me not think about myself and how I felt at that moment. And it helped me get up and go to mass. And then I just felt like when I went there, I felt like, wow, this is the best thing. I Like, I'm so happy I did this. I'm so happy I went. So, um, so that's how, like, that strong purpose can really move you. And now going, um, looking into it, I found out that um, they, there's this um, term called seasonal affective depression, where, like, a lot of people that come from hot countries when they come to the UK find it very difficult during the winter and um, I didn't even realize but what was making me move was because I wanted to go to the evening mass <laughs> and that through that so that's like a, a, a practical example of how that purpose dies beyond like if it was just oh just to see somebody I may have just said oh let's reschedule or if it was just to go shopping, I'll say, do you know what? I'll go tomorrow morning or, you know, but it got me out of that. It got me, it, it, it gave me purpose. It gave me, and then my mood went up and then I, you know, filled my mind with prayer. And so I just feel like it's, it's really helpful, you know, to keep us moving. And when they talk about, and um, when you look into like depression, it's one of the things is um, behavior activation, actually getting yourself to move, to do things. The more you do things, the more you get out of, you know, it helps you. It's one of the things you can do to get out of your low mood. So for me, that really helped me. I agree. I love that purpose that you stated, being with God, being with God. And that's, as Catholics, there's several different ways we can be with God. One of the first ones that comes to mind can be with through the Eucharist, which you did by going to Mass and receiving the Eucharist. There's holy adoration as well. When you go and spend an hour or, or a shorter time or a longer time and being there in the physical presence with God. And another way with being with God is understanding that other people around us are have have that living God, have living Jesus inside of them, that we're all this body of Christ and we're all together. And if we want to have that, if we keep our goal of I'm going to be with God, here I am sitting in this room now with Jacqueline and I'm going to be, how am I being with God with Jacqueline right now? Well, if I look at you, I'm not looking at you because we're on this, we're not in the same studio. But if I look at you and see God in you, so I, I'm achieving my purpose. Aha! There is God right in front of me in Jacqueline. I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy this time. I'm like, ah, oh, yes, yes, yes. This is where I'm going to treat you with respect and and even awe because you you are such a, you are a child of god you're aura and in a way i'm going to be grateful 
for your presence. And I'm going to take in with what you say, too, because who knows what the Holy Spirit's going to have coming out of your mouth that needs to be coming into my ears and my heart. So I think that is going to be I'm going to put it on my my mirror. My purpose for today is to be with God. Oh, I love that, Jacqueline. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> when you're, um, you when you're working with young people, though, with uh, so you've you've worked as a nurse, pra- uh, not nurse practitioner, as uh, in nurseries and things. You said that you help support, and that it's parents that are the number one kind of uh, people that can affect the child. How would you suggest uh, parents? So you've got kids that uh, that that need to find uh, my children don't have much purpose. Sometimes (laughs) I can't even get them to get their shoes on. Sometimes what are some things um, that we, that we learn that can help us as parents with getting our kids to have some purpose? Um, I would say that um, one thing is giving them chores. I would say it starts from there. Like that's one practical way. Because um, it makes them see, okay, where do I fit in, in you know, in, in the home? Like, and okay, this is, this is your responsibility. You can put the cutlery out during dinner time. Just give up, you know, age appropriate chores. I think that's one that's really good. And then, you know, with the faith, you know, we have like taking them to mass, explaining what is going on, you know, you know, in a way that is age appropriate, you know. Um, letting them see all these um, holy pictures, you know, and um, even at the moment I'm working on a um, um, a Catholic um, game for children just to really help them understand virtue and um, the journey to Jesus, really. So I'm still working on that. So we are making it exciting um, and giving them real tasks because... Um, um, when I was reading about uh, Montessori, the Montessori method, some of the things she talks about is that children should be seen as little adults and they should be given like real tasks. So in one of the Montessori settings I worked in, we would um, get the children involved in making their sandwiches and they loved it or get them involved in sweeping up the room. We give them a mini broom, a mini dustpan and brush so that they get involved and they actually love it. And it's quite interesting. I find like children actually love getting involved. It's like, it's like when they get older, I think that's when, okay, they don't want to do anything. But when they're younger, they're actually like really interested, really, you know. So it's like one of the things that makes them feel um, happy. Uh, like it makes them feel, oh yes, I have something to do. Okay, oh, I have, I'm going to help to make, as a snack today or something it makes them have something to look forward to for the day and yeah also teaching teaching them about saints as well you know to show that human beings like us that have done these things because now there's a lot about um you know superheroes and all the wonderful things they are doing they they (laughs) seem to be and all that but what about telling the children about saints that are real that have done all these wonderful things so all that is like keeping them inspired and then giving them things to do as well and encouraging them as they're doing it as well like some things we do in nursery for example is like they help to tidy up 
and then we encourage them oh well done for putting that toy away you know constantly just encouraging them that positivity you know to help them (laughs) I love that and I think what you you said giving them a task giving them a job to do at home or in the nursery is true in church as well giving them a task to do getting them involved in the mass getting them involved in the parish Um, my 10 year old Jacqueline is now an altar server and it's been the best thing ever because he has to he's got his job to do it's only a couple of things during mass but he is focused he doesn't need to color during mass anymore he doesn't kind of have to go to the toilet anymore during mass he is focused because he cannot mess up on the bill because everybody's watching (laughs) Yes, that's a great one. Yes. Um, my younger one uh, that is not quite, he's not, he's, he's going through his first communion now. We uh, had seen these books. I'm not sure if you've seen them, Jacqueline. They're little question. <clears throat> it's got, it's a whole big book. And then each page has, it's the same on each page, actually. And it says, uh, you have to identify different parts of the mass and they have the little picture of a priest. What color is the priest wearing? So you have to color that in. Uh, what is the response soil Psalm? So you have to, you have to find that at the beginning and you have to write it down. And then that way you're all set to say it when it's the response time. Um, it also includes uh, a little checklist. Jacqueline, oh, I love it. You have to, oh, listen out. Can you, how many times does he say amen? <laughs> Oh wow, that's amazing. <laughs> it's 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 fun. It's fun. It gets a little bit annoying though if there's some similar ages and they fight over it. So I need to I need to and I don't want to get a second book and they no, just one book. Teamwork, teamwork. Um and then the youngest, who is only for especially all listeners it's so much fun to visit other churches because you can sit there the whole time and go now who is that in that statue or who is that in that stained glass window or how many doves can we find in this building and it's just a really lovely task like you said uh, a purpose to do during mass and if you're talking your kids through mass then or what's happening and what's happening next I think, like you said, it keeps them engaged. And if anything, they have such a lovely experience that hopefully they'll take that time, that little time that they had your attention for an hour or however long, and they remember it so that they're, when they're older, they're like, ah, I remember mass because of this. Or as they grow, they're looking forward to mass and that time with their parents. Yes, yes. Oh, but Jacqueline. It gets it gets harder though because mine's the oldest is ten. What happens when they get to teenagers? How do you have any suggestions on how to keep them, especially with the world bringing them down and thinking about me, me, me? I can do this myself. This and this. How can we bring um, those uh, the virtues and really get them wanting to come to church, wanting to keep that being their purpose, being with God? For when there's so many other distractions. Yeah, like I've reflected on that a lot. And um, the ones that I, I just think like, it's like explaining as they get older, you know, but when they're younger, you just say, okay, now we're going to mass. But I think like as they start getting older, you know, have to start explaining. 
this is why we go to mass this is why we do this you know start explaining to them you know this is why we say the rosary giving them a bit more information i think like that is really helpful um i think in my teenage years learning about um especially like the mass really helps me personally you know um and learning about virtues like you know just learning about like the importance of virtues i think that's that really helps me personally but i feel like they would still have to like um make that choice you know there because everything is like you go through this strong current of the world and because at that age between like you know 10 12 16 you know that whole bracket like it comes a time where you're trying to like impress your friends you know you're going like you yeah you're you're building like relationships with your friends and you want to impress them so what helps you i think or what helped me personally was just knowing what i knew you know just about the faith and okay this is why this is wrong sometimes you kind of fall and then because you have the faith you know okay i have to stand up again it gives you you know i know that oh i can go to confession or i can you know say the rosary now and i think it's, it's going to be an up and down thing when it comes to that age it's like <laughs> yeah it's a constant battle because there's just that strong desire to like you know conform and please your friends so you have to just keep the battle just continue so i think is what what you know about the faith i think it really that would that helped me personally really i think so i think what i'm hearing as well jacqueline is because when you were 16 and you were in that secondary school you were given these i mean i think they're big words still and i'm like i'm a I'm an old lady, but the, these terms, virtues, these terms where you get deeper into the history and then you, you can match psychology with the faith, with Catholic social teaching and that you delve deeper into it. And it sounds like you had um, mentors and teachers, maybe older students guiding you as well. And by having this support system and being able to discover it yourself, not being led by parents, like forget that mom. I'm going to discover this myself. And I guess you really did have the Holy Spirit with you, my dear, guiding you and and supporting you in finding all this. So I think that's a good suggestion as well. Yes, definitely. The Holy Spirit, definitely. <laughs> all right. Jacqueline, stay right there. Listeners, I'm going to put on a song for our music break. And during this, we've got the studio lines open. So please do call 01223 375-564. You can ask Jacqueline a question. Uh, now, she's got lots of experience in nursery and Montessori, so go ahead and ask. Or perhaps you'd like to share with, because we are a community and we've all got ideas as well. So you can share perhaps some of your ideas as well on how you've been able to help uh, keep into a positive mindset. And while we're waiting, here is Rachel Lampa's Perfectly Loved. Oh, do call 01223-375-564. Who said that you were all alone and that you're never gonna find love again? So many little words, 
So many little lies that have followed you all of your life Looking for the truth, look into your eyes And you'll see it's been there the whole time Ooh, even when you were running, even when you were hiding Never been a moment that you were not perfectly loved When you barely believed it, when your eyes couldn't see it Every single moment This is Women Together, and today we have Jacqueline Clovis here sharing with us about personal growth, getting the right positive mindset, and now we have a caller on the line. We have Augusta. Hello, Augusta. You're on air. Yes, hello. Uh, well, I'm talking about holiness and the parents when they bring their children to holiness. We were always brought up to the front of the church. And I find that a lot of the parents bring their children in to either the back of the church or very near the back of the church. So that all the children are seeing all their backs of raincoats and hats. And I think that's terrible. And no wonder they get all uh, worked up. I want to get out. 
the children as well should be brought up front to the church. So when they see the whole, the priest, they, they see the altar, and all those that are on the altar, and they see it all in us being celebrated, and they join in with the prayers, and they start the prayers of the Holy Mass. Augusta, that is very, that's a Jacqueline. So she's saying when she was younger, she, the children were at the front of the mass. And nowadays the children are left in the back or kept in, they're kept in crying. In America, we have crying rooms. What do you think? Do you think that's a positive way for children to be in towards the front of the mass, towards the front so they can see everything? Yeah, I think it's a good thing. Like um, some people, like in my parish in St. Bede, they do that. Like they sit like close to the front and um, their children, like, you know, some of them actually like look at the altar. And yeah, I think it's a good thing. I understand that when a child is crying, you might have to take them out. But I think that bringing them back is good so that they can really like, you know, take part in the mass. And I feel like... um. You know, for younger children, you know, they are stimulated by the senses. So even like sometimes the incense, the 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 candles, the pictures, the, the you know, even if they don't understand what you're saying, what the priest is saying, they might just the sound they can hear. Like everything is that stimulation, you know, getting them ready, really. So, yeah. I love that. Augusta, I think also um, that if a priest can look the child in the eye, I think that will, um, if they're, they're squirming or if they're not paying attention, just one little eye contact. And then that can bring the child into going, oh, I'm important here. He's looking at me. I, I need to be responding. I need to be putting my hands or praying or standing or kneeling correctly. And Augusta, you're absolutely right. Seeing what's actually happening at the altar is so important. Oh, it's so important. And being able to join in and trying to sing the hymns is so important. And to know and to listen to the words and that the words are audible. Oh, you're right. And it's the same on Radio Maria. Oh, Jacqueline, that's another great point. Um, having the children singing along, is music something that helps with the, the mindset and uh, with getting a connection? What do you think? Jack, uh, Jacqueline. Yes, yes, music is definitely, you know, so I guess therapeutic, if you would say, you know, um, music definitely is a powerful way of getting children. Like even in nurseries, we have like so many nursery rhymes and it's definitely a way of teaching them the faith, getting them interested. I remember this same song that um, we learned when we were young. Angel of God, my guardian, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this night, the other side. Just things in your head, all the songs we we learned and we were singing, yeah, they, it, it's a powerful way of 
bringing them, you know, to to really appreciate the mass and the faith. It's also, uh, it, there's a lot of Latin songs, Augusta, that's sung in masses. And what the new, I don't know if you know this, Jacqueline, but in the UK, there's this new push to let the ch- children in schools and let children in parishes learn the Latin songs so that they can be more confident during mass to sing along with this sacred music. Uh, Augusta, I think you've heard my boys singing really loudly, the um, the Misere uh, in mass. And we've been doing that in the children's liturgy as well, teaching them, hey, this is what this is what we mean in Latin. So now that you know it, let's sing it loud with your parents. Augusta, thank you for calling us. And I hope you sing very loudly during church as well. No, I can't sing. Oh, Augusta, you can. You, you do need to take care of your voice, my dear. No, my voice has been damaged. I can't sing. I used to be um, um, soprano, but that was damaged. I wasn't careful. And I can't sing now at all. But thank you for appreciating good music, and thank you for listening. Oh, I do, but the good music isn't what they go to church for. They they should be talked about God, and the the music can sometimes drown the words. Mm. And it's the word of God that they must listen to and be taught. And talked about God and not about the music. Yes, ma'am. You're absolutely right. Yes. Thank you, Augusta. And it's the same on Radio Maria. It's very bad sometimes. It's not just sometimes. It's most of the time. You can't make out the words. There's something wrong with the way you present the, the music to us or the, the song to us, mm. the hymn to us. Uh, okay. All right. Thank you, Augusta. Thank you so much. We are going to continue to work on our music catalogue so that it is good quality, so that you can understand the words. Thank you, Augusta, for calling. Listeners, we have run out of time. Jacqueline, can you, before before we go, I do want to ask you about the virtues because you were saying how it, learning about them can also help. Are there... Um, just for those of us that might not remember what virtues are from school, <laughs> I mean, I think I think hope is a virtue. I'm not sure. Can you share with us um, which virtues can really help and and that we should focus on, uh, especially while we're praying? Yeah. So um, basically, um, when it comes to virtues, like even it goes back for, to when Aristotle himself just using his intellect was able to say okay we need to like balance you know our extremes um so for example he saw courage as the balance between um being too fearful and rash so already just using like just thinking about he was like okay man needs like virtue in order to feel this you know happiness and all that but St. Thomas Aquinas now comes in and says like um yeah, virtue is it's basically doing good, you know, or it's bearing on activity. So you have to, you know, practice it, you know. And um, so he also talks about infused virtue, which comes from the grace of God as well, like faith, hope and charity, you know. 
and um you know faith is so important for us especially when you know the being able to believe whatever god has revealed without doubt you know it helps us with you know having developing our hope knowing that okay my hope is in god because i believe what he has said whatever he has revealed what he has revealed to the church without doubt and then also when you as you begin to um, when you know god and you have your faith in god then you love him and so yeah they all those three ones are the, the three theological virtues which we all need you know but we also need to pray for the grace for them also when you look into personality types um different personalities have um, different virtues that they they can have naturally and they have different vices which is the opposite of virtue which is tendencies towards doing something wrong for example um or a bad habit which they they are naturally prone to so um for example if you use the four temperaments we have choleric we have sanguine we have phlegmatic and we have melancholic so the choleric is very prone to anger and so the virtue that a choleric person would need would be meekness you know which is like you know being able to bear wrongs patiently someone talks to you in a particular tone that you can't stand as a choleric you are just like ready to like you know respond in a very harsh way but you calm down you pray for the grace of meekness and you have to practice it constantly um so i'll say that you know different people need to work on different virtues based on their um their personality type so um yes that so that's how it is and then you have like um melancholics we tend to dwell a lot on on you know sad things or things they are not happy about they can work on having the virtue of you know hope you know they can work on having the virtue of the joy of the lord or you know so these are things and when you we look at it the, the, the holy spirit gives us these virtues as well you know so it's like it's prayer and practice basically when it comes to virtues you know the I phlegmatic do. tends to be like slothful because they are very laid back so they have to work on the virtue of industry you know which is that balance between being just too laid back or overworking it's that middle ground where you work hard you have your you have your clear plan for what you want to do in the day but you also know okay when it's time to rest as well so yeah oh i love that you you've basically so we we you have to identify first <laughs> your faults and then we've got these different virtues to combat it to heal it to to bring it forward but it takes action and and prayer in order to get better and better and get more and more of those virtues oh before we go i i did want to one more thing about forgiveness you had mentioned the healing power of forgiveness can you share with just a little bit more um some suggestions on like we've got confession is is that is that the way to go for getting that yes, yes you know um so one thing that even like a lot of research has shown is that actually going to confession is really like 
is healing as well. It helps the mind calm down. It has a lot of therapeutic effects. And this is just what we do as Catholics all the time. So yeah, definitely in the process of forgiveness, going to confession is definitely um, you know, very important. Like definitely with our, with us being forgiven of our sins, knowing that it's finished. Literally, like a psychologist on Psychology Today actually said this, that she misses when she was Catholic just because of confession, because she knew that when she went to confession, it was finished, like she was absolved of that sin. So definitely just knowing that, oh, I go to confession and God has forgiven me, you know. But when it comes to um, forgiveness with other people, it's sometimes it can be a journey as well, where we have to like really... um you know, work on, like, really, like, find that good in that person, get that strength from God to forgive that person as well, you know, so it's more of a, sometimes I think it's more of a process of coming to that point of understanding, like, you know, this person is created in the image and likeness of God, and also realizing, oh, God has forgiven me my sins, you know, as well, you know, so it's like, a process that you constantly you know go through before you finally arrive that's what i would say on that but definitely a lot of even secular you know speakers will talk about um when you forgive you're actually just letting that person um basically when you don't forgive that person has power over you but when you forgive you're not letting that person have power over you so it's also for yourself i know but when it comes to looking at it from the Catholic Church point of view, I'm like, knowing that God loves me and forgives me and and he's going to give me the grace as well to forgive this person, that really helps a lot in that process of forgiving. Yeah, yeah. And that goes back to what you were saying. If your main purpose is being with God... And you're in this presence of this other person that's done wrong or, 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 or it, if you forgive them, you wash away a bit. You don't you can't only Jesus can wash away our sins, but you forgiving them takes away any of it takes away that what would be blocking you from that person, from that the God, God that is in that person, Jesus that's in that person. So forgiving them pushes away that wall, gets you open to receiving from them and receiving what God may be wanting to share with you through them. Oh, I love it. Oh, it all comes back to purpose. Jacqueline, I, I need to I need to get into my my journal and write some more purposes. But I think being with be with God today, Elena, is gonna be my main takeaway for my morning mantra now. Be with God. Oh Thank you so much, Jacqueline, for joining us today. If listeners are are piqued and like, oh, I want to learn more or, or how can I um, contact Jacqueline to see about more about this mindfulness and purpose and, and growth? How can they find out more about you, Jacqueline? Um, so they can follow me at on Instagram at Determined to Thrive with an underscore or they can even send me an email at Jacqueline at Determined to Achieve dot uk to ask me more questions because i even have like some more resources on forgiveness you know and um other other areas i have a lot of resources on thoughts health 
you know, um, relationships, building positive relationships, the virtues, education. Yeah, so yeah, they can contact me. And also I'm even running a workshop for women, you know, on the week of the 12th of December. So really just trying to um, really spread this um, positive and growth mindset. No, I like this. Jacqueline, can you send me the information about it? And so we've got a blog, listeners, about Jacqueline and her talk today, where you can also find the podcast of this program. And I'll add that workshop on that blog. Is that okay, Jacqueline? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So check out radiomariaengland.uk in the blog section um, and you'll be able to hear more and get in contact with Jacqueline. Before we go, Jacqueline, could you uh, lead us in a closing prayer for tonight? All right. Name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Um, we thank you, Lord, for this lovely um, opportunity. Um, we thank you for the graces you have sent us. We pray that you fill us with your graces. Uh, you help us grow in faith, hope, and charity. And we pray for the serenity to accept the things we cannot change the courage to change the things that we can and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Amen. Pray for us. Oh, Amen. pray for us. Pray for us. Amen. Thank you, Jacqueline. God bless and have a beautiful, beautiful night. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Mm-hmm.